Hello, everyone. You're listening to Cultivated Space, a podcast for Indigenous voices. Hello, everyone. My name is Rashawn Edison, and I'm your host for Cultivated Space. I am a senior studying anthropology and critical race and ethnic studies at the University of Denver. And this is my capstone project. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Joshua Ironshell. He comes from the Rosebud Sioux Tribe in South Dakota. Josh is a soon-to-be graduate of the University of Denver with two degrees in psychology and criminology. With all that, let's get right into it. And um, kind of pivoting our conversation a little towards that route. Um, so in this school year, the 2021-2022 school year, for um, the first time in the university's history, the, the Native Student Alliance had acquired their teepee, their first teepee. Mm-hmm. And um, going off that, could you talk a little bit about the history of that? You know, my people, uh, you know, survived by using the teepee as their shelter, form of shelter. And just having that kind of cultural significance, you know, just kind of helps me reconnect to my, like, roots. Like, just even, like, kind of metaphorically, like, the one we have on campus, like, it reconnects me to, like, Mm -hmm. my roots back home. You know, the kind of thoughts you got, like, you have when you're in there. And, you know, it brings, it enlightens me. It, like, it just, like, helps me bring memories back from when I was growing up back home, you know, powwows, indoors, outdoors, regardless, there was always a teepee, you know, you know, ceremony, you know, even my, like, graduation, eighth grade and senior year uh, we had a teepee in our gym and you know even just like in Sundance you know where I go and uh, help and stuff they always have like the biggest teepees um, in like the back and I'm just like always in awe of seeing them because I always like imagined how it would be if you like walked over a hill like and you seen a hundred teepees in like one mm-hmm. spot wow. and it just kind of it's just like going back to reconnecting me with like my tribal roots it just kind of gives me a better perspective on uh, how I go about uh, like behaving and walking about in the teepee and how I go about like my thinking and my and how I pray and stuff. Uh, you know, I, it brings me, like, happiness being able to have that kind of, that form of intimacy with my peers in NSA. Even though, like, a lot of people, you know, don't have any significance with the TP. Like, they have other forms of shelter and all that. And um, the reason why I pivoted our conversation towards the TP um is because like I think with our relationship specifically um, we've done a lot of things to bring awareness um, and 
to know that indigenous people are still on campus, right? Mm -hmm. So when we were freshmen uh, for Indigenous Peoples Day, we brought a teepee. We were trying to get a teepee on campus, and uh, somehow, some way, we did. Mm -hmm. And from then on, um, I kind of spearheaded the whole thing, but... Yep. Throughout the years, we started bringing these community members together, and we kind of borrowed their own teepees, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that we can have this symbol, like this radical symbol, this resistant symbol, right? How ironic is it to have a teepee in an institution that obviously does not care for people of color in general or indigenous people? Um, But with this teepee, right, a couple weeks ago we had this... um, Cheyenne, Cheyenne man, come over. Mm-hmm. George Levi, yep. Curtis, and um, George Levi, and uh, he he brought us together, right? And then we we brought up our teepee, we laid it out in the DU's gym, and we painted all kinds of stuff on it. Yep. And um, so the Native Student Alliance brought this teepee together, and we painted on it. Could you describe what we painted on it? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it was kind of funny because uh, when we were trying to decide who was going to, like, kind of give the initial outline of what we were going to do, uh, they're like, here, Josh, decide what to do, you're in charge, and I was like... Exactly. I was like, what, the? I was like, what am I supposed to do? And, you know, after looking at the pictures that... Uh, George Levi was able to, you know, print and give to us. I was able to come up with an idea of incorporating, well, I mean, with the help of you guys and the other members, uh, to incorporate different kind of like images or uh, symbols of kind of expressing deeper cultural ties and beliefs. And so the bottom of the teepee, uh, we painted black triangles with white circles in the center of them. And I think that comes from, what, black, black feet? I think that's what it was. Yeah. And that was supposed to, I mean, we incorporated different views, or symbols of mountains, but that was like the first initial one that we thought of, or wanted to use, I guess. Um, and then me and you were able to sketch out that design towards the top of the teepee canvas, uh, kind of by the flap. Uh, we were able to, you know, draw another form of symbols that was kind of universal, uh, just uh, mountains with different kind of, it was like what, a triangle, a circle, and a square to be yeah. just kind of... Uh, giving it like a full circle meaning just like what the mountain means to a lot of indigenous people and what it offers and what it brings to us what else we also I wanted to so since we had some indigenous members who are not you know Native American to or indigenous to North America uh, I wanted to incorporate something that they would wanted to I guess symbolize for them for them personally so, you know, we're able to come up with uh, the tree and then we put it right in the mm-hmm. back yes. as a sense of like support and like a symbol of like our presence on campus whenever we would put it up, like a symbol of strength. 
and you know we're able to help darling uh paint or well trace and paint the three sisters the corn beans and uh squash squash it was interesting because at the beginning uh I was really thinking, how are we going to paint this whole teepee canvas? Uh, and I was like, we only have two days. And there was only like, what, eight of us, ten of us? Yeah. At least NSA members. I just thought kind of, you know, as indigenous folk, we always think of the future. We always think of, you know, the future steps. We think of what, you know, future progress. And we're always thinking about the future generations and how we could best support them, even though we would never, you know, get to meet them. Yeah. At least in this in this life, in this realm. And I just thought, you know, why paint it all now and leave, you know, future cohorts, future native students out? You know, it's our first it's our first TV canvas, and I'm sure it won't be the last one here. Pretty sure we'll slowly build off of it. So. I mean, I just thought of, like, just essentially the future students, just, like, seeing, being able to let them see what we thought of or what we prioritized, what we thought was important to representing our values, our beliefs, and being able to build upon that, whether they're, like, similar, whether they're the exact same, or if they're completely different. You know, it, it, it'll tell this story of the different, you know, challenges that we went through and how we were able to, you know, persevere and how we were able to keep this connection with our cultural roots. And, you know, hopefully we're able in the future able to see that same TV canvas and seeing it completely painted and seeing what stories are told and, uh, you know, what was held uh, closest to the heart for our you know the students we never get, um, got to meet. We probably never, we might never, might not ever get to meet. And um, like I was thinking about when you were talking um, this like Wonkyon cohort. You know mm-hmm. we were talking about our cohort um, when we went to college mm-hmm. in 2018. Our cohort was the Thunder Beings, right? Like yeah, that's kind of how they described us because we came in with the boom mm-hmm. and. Um, so on this teepee, right, we, we depict our cohort on it. And it's really cool um, how that symbol came about, right? Because yeah. it was me, you, and Taylor that were that was in the painting session. And we were the only representatives of our group. Mm-hmm. So um, we, we got curious and we got, like, um, creative. So we used this Pueblo design of, of the clouds. Cloud. And then the rain, and then we put this lightning bolt in the rain. And it was really cool because, like, we all put our thought together on that symbol. Mm-hmm. And that symbol's going to be there for as long as the teepee is here, right? Yeah. Um, and for, from that, like, after that teepee was painted, um, we made our farewells with George Levi, and he made his way back home, set down south to Oklahoma. <laughs> and um, that next following week, um, I hosted a cultural meeting. Yep. And at this cultural meeting, um, I wanted to teach the younger students of the NSA to... Um, construct this teepee that because we're going to be gone soon right and 
I wanted to keep that knowledge with them. That way they could set it up whenever they want. Mm-hmm. So during this cultural day, like, um, it was really awesome to see everybody come together and uh, construct this teepee together that we all built, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but talking about this relationship with the institution, um, I didn't witness it, but I heard by the rumors within NSA <laughs> that you witnessed our chancellor walk by. Somebody did. Um, I mean, I guess I kind of seen him. I just remember, uh, I think we are putting the pins in yeah. uh, for the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jocelyn went to grab, like, a chair. And I remember I looked over and everyone was like, look, it's, or it's like they're talking, they're mumbling. And then they said it was like the chancellor walked by. And then I remember kind of like... Quick, I guess glimpsing over to what they were talking about, and he was walking by, and he gave like a quick wave or whatever. But that was my first time ever seeing uh, Hefner. I never in your whole time here. Yeah, the entire time I've been here, and I'd even get to see him like up close. So I still don't know how he looks, (laughs) but uh, it just goes like he had the audacity to wave at us, but he didn't have the willingness to come over mm-hmm. talk to us you know individual well not individual but just one-on-one like and you know for him it could it would have been a perfect opportunity to gain a better understanding mm-hmm. you know learning about something he probably doesn't know about uh just giving him better perspective but instead he chose to continue walking by and I guess that was just kind of uh, expression of his lack of commitment to the indigenous community I think at least that's my way of thinking as I speak for myself mm-hmm. yeah and like I was inside the teepee like constructing it and yeah. I, didn't, I didn't witness it myself but I heard of it and it makes me think of like all like it, I, I bet like most of every class that you started with syllabus they they yeah. talk about the land acknowledgement that we're on Cheyenne or Appahuan Ute lands mm-hmm. and that's as far as like curriculum goes I guess yeah. but it made me think of that right like he just waved essentially yeah pretty much <laughs> he just land acknowledged us it's crazy like <laughs> land acknowledged we've been land acknowledged and um, I think that's like what a lot of people don't realize is is that the commitment that they say they make is not the true like, it's not act. there yeah <laughs> it's not there and, and it's just all for this cloud so thinking of like land acknowledgement and how it's just it's just an excuse to treat us the way they've been treating us right mm-hmm. so at this event this cult well we call it a cultural event right and um we set up this teepee and a lot of our members showed up and a lot of first years second years third years and fourth years we all made this teepee together and how ironic is that like the teepee on it it says land back oh yeah oh yeah yeah we forgot to talk about that yeah so on the teepee it's big old letters across the second half that says land back and Mr. Hefner walked by and waved at it essentially true and it really sucks sometimes because our younger brothers and sisters had witnessed that 
they experienced it firsthand, you know? For the first time. For the first time. And the way they, they like, were expressing that was very horrific for me because mm-hmm. my experience is, is kind of is being reflected upon yep. them and our experiences so thinking about that is like really crazy but um after we constructed constructed this teepee we all went inside it and we sat down mm-hmm. and um we talked about our connection with the teepee and even though a lot of the members with the NSA didn't don't have like a tribal connection to it mm-hmm. like a historical connection to it they'd still put their mark on it yep so like how the north and the south met up in yep. denver and put their mark on this teepee yes sir and it was that for me was a very true sense of community mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, we always talk about because like you said we don't have a native student center there is no place to pray we can't even light sage in the dorms. You've had an experience where campus safety like barged in our dorms. Like we were roommates at one time and mm-hmm. campus safety barged in. Yes, and sir. we were burning sage. We we're praying the creator and we can't even do that. And we these instances happen over and over again. And um it's really crazy, but that day with the teepee, it was really cool to see everybody come together and I really felt empowered. Um and this takes me back to my next topic. So, sacred. Um, <laughs> the teepee was constructed on a Friday. Yep. And this was what on the fourteenth, fifteenth of April. Yeah. And um, just about. Just about around that time, it was on a Friday, and we made arrangements with the university facilities to pick up our poles. Mind you that we got this teepee a while back and that the university has failed to make a permanent space for the, to lodge these, these, um, lodge poles. Mm -hmm. And we've made it very clear. Uh, we translated a message to them saying that these are sacred objects and they should be cared for as such. So, Going back to the teepee, that night we left, we deconstructed the teepee, we put the poles down, and we were told that at a certain time it was going to get picked up. It did not get picked up. It did not. And me, you, and a couple of our younger classmen were hanging around, and keep on. we kept on checking on these poles, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, what was the latest we've seen it? It was 10, almost 11? Yeah. Almost 11 at night. And those poles were still there, so no one picked it up. And, um, and so, fast forward, we go to sleep and all that. <laughs> and... Uh, Sunday rolls around and um, I get a phone call from Dr. Stevie Lee and she's expressing to me that they found out that some of the poles were damaged mm-hmm. and right away I was like okay some rich white kids were probably drunk or they were blacked out or some shit yes sir and they were playing with these poles mm-hmm. and the fact that like as indigenous people especially uh, the tribal people in the north they have a real special connection as you said with these teepees because they're your homes mm-hmm. they're places where you can pray and you have ceremony and too within the Native American church so the way I see it that teepee is our church 
and it's our only sense of prayer space because we don't have a prayer space on campus. True. And the University of Denver failed to uphold their end of the deal. Mm-hmm. And in return, our relatives um, were hurt and they were attacked. And how we see TP poles as living, breathing beings, right? So, as a leader, as a co-chair, right, and mm-hmm. as a as a person who put on this event for our students and our peers, um, we had to hold an emergency meeting, right? Mm-hmm. And that Monday, right, only two days after we said it, and all this happened. Um, talking about making our mark on campus and resisting this structure, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence that our poles and our relatives were broken. And that's an unfortunate truth that we had to relay to the Alliance, mm-hmm. right? It, it really sucks to relay these messages over and over again. Um, and it's not even our fault. And it's the university's fault and it's the lack of commitment, right? So... When I think about all that, right, it's just another barrier to us as indigenous pe- as indigenous peoples. But the fact that that incident happened around the 14th and 15th of April, um, the time of events is really crazy because you published your article on the 19th. That's what, four, five days five after? Days, yeah. Yeah, so... It just comes to show that our community is doing the work and the university is not. And (laughs) to be in these spaces that, like, we tell the leadership what's going on and how they can make things better, but they obviously choose not to. And um, that's, like, the reality that we all have to live in. And um, But to know that, like, to know what's actually going on is very powerful because we can take that critical thinking back to our communities mm-hmm. and empower younger generations, right? Yes, sir. So, all this community organizing that you do and being a leader at this institution while also being a scholar, right? You're, you're essentially like, you and Taylor are holding down a full-time job without pay. Mm-hmm. And you do all this community organizing and work, and you guys don't get credited for it. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, at the same time, you're here for your communities, right? We come from these places that people account for each other and they help each other. So it's the same thing over here with our relatives. We're not going to leave them hanging. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how we've been doing things this whole time. But reflecting back on your time here at college, at the University of Denver, mm-hmm. you know, founded in 1864. Yep. Um, what message, if you could and if you would, give to your freshman self in your first quarter of college? It's so hard to, like... Think of just one thing that I know now that I know I'm gonna go through. Well, okay, if you had a 30 minute conversation. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I can, I just think if I was to say one thing to my freshman self, I would honestly just think that, or I would honestly just say, uh, Keep your head, keep your head in the right place, and just keep on keeping on. Cause I honestly, that's honestly how it was. Like during the hard times, it was just like if 
I'm gonna suck it up and stay here, I'm gonna just have to keep on keeping on. And yeah. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on. Wow. Wow, Josh. So <laughs> your story, yo, it's it's groundbreaking. <laughs> and it, your voice needs to be heard, right? Because I'm going to send... I'm going to put a link in this description of this episode. And you guys can all read Josh's article. But with that, Josh, I asked you to bring something with you today that grounds you. Mm-hmm. And that gives you medicine. And that heals you. And all that holistic, awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. What'd you bring for us? So I decided to bring a photo book that I've had for like 15 years, about be 16. Uh, it was a photo book that was, well, it was an empty photo book at first okay. given to me by my uh, little brother's mom on my dad's side. And uh, from there, I like filled filled it up with my own pictures and it they all range from different moments in my life a lot of it uh, is like me in elementary school a lot of me with my siblings and like my other relatives and my family um just really oh baby Josh just really growing up different phases of my life um it just kind of helps remind me of like where I come from. Reminders of different, the different things I was going through at the different points of my life. Obviously, I don't remember anything from my first birthday, so that's an exception. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was me. Is that you rock climbing? Yeah, it is me rock climbing. It was me in the pretty much in the good times. Uh, and like I said, it just helps me remind me of where I was and how simple life was then. And it makes me appreciate these memories while, I, while I'm still here. It helps me appreciate them better. It makes me feel grateful that I was able to have these, kind, these experiences, um, making me who I am, pretty much. Uh, it just... It looks old. Yeah, it's very old. But it just, like, just keep on repeating. Like it just gives me perspective of how I was during that time and how simple things were and how those were the good times. You know, I think as I've like gotten older, like before becoming an adult, going to college and everything. Like being a teenager, I think I was like focused on like adulting like I want to hurry up and be an adult I want to like go out to the world do my own thing no like with no worries no one's watching me mm-hmm. yeah. and the world is definitely harder as an adult but uh, like I said again it just helps me appreciate these memories I had as a child you know it helps me remember just the different like the little things, the conversations, even the types of conversations I would have with like my mom or my grandma, my aunties, or the trips I would take to go see my dad and visit him and my little brother, our little brothers now, but, uh, 
or even looking at how I was at my elementary school and everything and being out on the ranch with my my brothers, with my grandma and seeing me with like my old classmates, the people I practically grew up with on the res, like pretty much knew them, still know them. Uh, you know, it just helps me see the experiences I had that make me who I am. And you know, I couldn't be more grateful for that. And it just helps ground me. It helps, it helps me just kind of think that like, even though I won't have these kind of memories, or not memories, but experiences as a kid again, you know, I can still make the best out of my adult life. And if I ever, you know, have a family of my own as I get older, what kind of experiences could I give my children that are similar to mine that help me, that help them stay connected to their culture and their tradition and their tribe, but also just how to be a good person and also just kind of being able to implement the things that will... I just think that, like, the issues that I have, like, I want to do my best to help my children avoid those kind of situations and interactions, but also have being able to have the best memories of, like, growing up and having the best childhood possible. Wow. This is a really cool book. You have a lot of things. I bet those letters are years old, too. Yeah, um... A lot of it is just kind of random. So I guess this one isn't really random. This one was when we uh, were drawing with George Levi. Uh-huh. And then this... Al- Actually, this one's crazy. This envelope has, like, some sage in it. But this was the envelope I got from Vicky Eagle whenever I was going through it freshman year. And uh-huh. she... I didn't have any sage. And she was like, hey, I like come to my office. And she gave me this. And... I just kept it ever since. I never used it. And a lot of these letters, I mean, uh, all these letters are, like, of support. Uh, Wishing me the best in college and stuff. You know, I can best use college to my advantage. And, you know, sometimes whenever I'm feeling like, yeah, I'll go through these letters and I'll read them in it. It kind of just reminds me of how much uh, people support me and what I'm doing and gives me, like, the broader perspective of, you know, that sense of community and, like, helping others and stuff. Uh, You know, the people that love me the most, the people that support me the most, you know, were able to send me these letters to just, like, support me and, you know... I just, being able to read these just kind of brings me to the first time I would read them. And I was like, wow, this is how they actually feel. This is how, like this one right here says, I am excited to see what the future holds for you. The University of, uh, the University of Denver is lucky to have you as a student. Exactly. And that was like, after that had to, I'm pretty sure I got this um, on my high school graduation. 
It's just, still a crisp envelope. It's still very crisp. And then this one was when I got nominated for the National Society of Collegiate Scholars, which is pretty much like the National Honor Society for uh, colleges and universities. You know, it just kind of it helps me show, like, again, those who support me, but it also helps... Uh, like remind me of all the things I achieved and all the things I succeeded in my young-ish life. Um, ish. Ish. And yeah, this one's a wedding invitation that, you know, one of my favorite teachers in high school gave me, which goes a long way, knowing that he has that kind of sense of trust in me, being able to have that kind of connection relationship. Then this one is a. Uh, whenever I was in high school, uh, I was applying for the Jack Kent Cook Scholarship. If you ever heard of that, it was like a fluoride scholarship. Oh wow! But uh, there was a. It's funny the wedding invitation. The teacher who sent it to me, the person he was marrying, wrote this. It was kind of like a letter of recommendation to the scholarship, saying like. Well, what features does, um, of leadership does Josh have? Like, how is he su- successful in, like, academics? Like, all in, how does he uh, keep a strong relationship with the community and everything? And, you know, it's a lot of kind words, and it just shows, like, again, what I went through. Yeah. Like, in high school, like, I just think I had so much energy in high school that, like, it burnt me out as a... Uh, you know, college student, but hopefully I can gain that youth back. This is crazy because this is my first uh, COVID test whenever we were coming back for junior year. Oh, yeah. Yep, September 1st, 2020. That's a crazy document. That's crazy. It's crazy how we got to stay on the news or high school and our graduation announcements I got some friends which also show the people that support me but uh this last one was uh I uh, got these two pretty much like postcards or one's a postcard one's like a little card I guess but it's of uh Arches National Park you went there recently yeah I went there for a spring break with a couple of my friends great time with some great people uh, and I got this one of it's like a picture of I guess it might be of like Monument the Valley. landscape yeah. Monument Valley Navajo land <laughs> straight up <laughs> yeah but uh, I got these postcards I was gonna my uh, for the article that we talked about earlier yeah fostering a sense of belonging in higher education now uh, my independent study advisor who helped me, you know, pretty much write the essay uh, with feedback and uh, just peer review and everything. Uh, I was telling him, you know, about the trip a couple weeks before spring break and the quarter was wrapping up and he was just like, he's an outdoorsy type of person. He was just like saying he was pretty much jealous and he's like excited for me to like go out to pretty much camping in the national park and just having a good time with friends and uh, I just thought I could like repay him with 
these postcards. Mm-hmm. I'm still thinking of some to write to him. Just as a sign of thank you, because, you know, it's not hard. Or it's, it's hard, um, you know, attending a school like this, and you find very little people, like, including faculty and, like, professors that uh, are willing to go out of their way to uh, just help you you know, pursue what is interesting to you, what you want to put your effort towards. And he was willing to be my advisor. And actually, he he gave me the idea of having taking the independent study. And he was willing to be my advisor. And we're able to hash out what, what we could do for possible, like, routes. And I decided to write an article. And... You know, just all the time he went through just re- rereading the different, you know, vi- revisions of my essay and just, you know, getting me in contact with, you know, the other students that he was also t- um, did independent studies with and, you know, the different, like the DU Clarion and just the resources needed to write in a, I guess, like an emotional, you know, personal essay. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just a small token of my gratitude. And I got something bigger in mind to uh, gift him. But like going back to what I was saying, I couldn't be any more grateful for him. You know, I'm pretty sure it wasn't easy with the schedule he had to fit in my revisions and like emails and the Zoom meetings we had and the coffee meetups we had and everything. And so I just wanted to kind of hopefully give him a thoughtful letter that'll give him perspective on how impactful he was on my journey through college and everything. That's beautiful. So, Josh, (laughs) our time at this institution is almost up. Yep. What are some of your highlights? And what are you looking forward to in these last couple of weeks? I think... I think... The biggest highlight is uh, the friends that I built through uh, NSA uh, throughout the years. You know, again, they're people. They're the reason that like I stayed. They're the reason that I dealt with all the BS. Uh, you know, they're the reason why I persevere in the institution currently. And, you know, they're able to have an influence on me to, I guess, just being able to, like, sustain the tribal, my tribal identity and just not losing that sense. I guess just losing that sense of identity, like, I'd be lost in my own, like, thoughts. Like, who knows, I probably wouldn't even have been here still. Like, I probably would have left a long time ago. If it wasn't for NSA, and I mean, obviously another highlight is gonna be walking across that stage and getting that degree, that piece of paper we've been uh, stressing for, the thing that we've been surviving for. And even, I mean, another highlight is just the memories that I like had with my peers outside of NSA. You know, the, Countless hours of sitting in a restaurant and talking or sitting outside on a bench for, 
you know, three hours just talking about whatever. Or me going to the gym with John and, you know, we're there for two hours lifting and talking about random stuff, life, whatnot. You know, going hiking and going exploring the mountains, going to eat, like, good food. You know, it's something that I will always treasure and I always carry throughout my life. And, you know, just, you know, I can't stop repeating it, but they're the whole reason I stayed. They're the whole reason, you know, I was able to be where I'm at. Oh, and then what was the other part? It was... Uh, what are you looking forward to in these last few weeks? Um, honestly, I feel like these next few weeks are going to go by in a flash. We got so much stuff going on in May and, you know, along with, like, the events we're putting on and just everything that goes on in May and we're going to have to prepare for graduation and I got, like, my little brother's graduation that I plan on going to and, you know, finals and everything. It's just going to be, like, a lot of... There's going to be a lot of things going through our minds then and, you know, time's going to go by faster because we're going to be distracted and occupied. I mean, I guess really the biggest part is just making more memories with my peers just to make, you know, make the whole college experience wholesome from kind of the beginning mm-hmm. but all the way to the end. And being able to you know, leave our mark within NSA. Not just the institution, but just within NSA. And hopefully being able to see it prosper, you know, be better than how it is now. Being able to see, you know, hopefully hundreds of Native students in there. Yep. Hopefully, you know, there's a larger student body consisting of students of color. And, you know... Hopefully one day we wake up and there's no more Pioneer Moniker. But, you know, uh, it's really surreal thinking that it's like senior year and we only got like five, like five and a half weeks left. And we're pretty much at the halfway point. I don't think it's really hit me yet. And it probably won't hit me until... You know, graduation day, day or something. Comes. Yeah, the day comes. But I think the hardest part about leaving the institution is leaving my friends behind, knowing that there's going to be, you know, countless challenges ahead of them. And they're going to have to be the ones leading the charge. Like, we can't, we can't take all the pressure off them now it's their full force yeah it's their job now to be able to withstand everything um also looking forward it's going to be interesting how i transition it's weird like as you get older like life is always about transitioning into a different part of your life so i'm just interested in what the future holds for me i think more more on along the lines of what am I going to do? Am I going to get an internship that suits my interest? Maybe. Am I going to have to get a job I don't like? Maybe. Am I going to just sit at home and not do anything all day? Maybe. 
but uh, you know my intent is to go to graduate school sooner rather than later so I hope that I'm able to not just sit at home every day and not have a miserable job so yeah I think really just it's gonna be interesting to see how life is outside of school I don't know I've been in school since like what 2005 <laughs> yeah pretty much so you know it's gonna be interesting how life is without school and how I'll go about living my life like you really you really don't know what life has for you until you're in the moment and it's happening well Josh with all that thank you for coming on this episode <laughs> um thank you again giving me the time and the opportunity to talk about you know things that revolve around our lifestyle and our identity um, and being able to do something you know productive for your academics and something that will also be meaningful to not just us but other hopefully other indigenous students faculty and professors that sure is the goal <laughs> the last few remarks to the people for the people um, it's funny I have, in the back of my mind I had this quote one of the tribal chiefs that come from the Sioux quote unquote but uh, comes from Chief Spotted Tail and it says my friends you have both intellect and heart you use these to consider in what way you can do the best to live Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to Cultivated Space on Josh's episode, as he describes his journey through college as an Indigenous scholar. Don't forget to read Josh's article, which will be linked in the description below. With all that, thank you all for your immense support, and we'll catch you all later.